We have a heartbreaking story of a former polygamous wife who has been severely abused and has been denied justice. Stay tuned for that next on Polygamy. What love is this? Our guest this time is a former plural wife and ex-member of the AUB polygamy group, which is also known as the All Red Polygamy Group. She left an abusive polygamous marriage in July of 2016. She had 15 children in 19 years of marriage and has almost eight grandchildren. Her husband, or ex-husband, Mitchell Kyle Henderson, became a bishop in the polygamy group, and after 20 years of marriage, he took a spiritual wife in 2012. Sadly, our guest was not raised in polygamy, so she basically knew nothing about what she was in for when she entered into it. She left in July of 2016 and has been in court fights ever since. She has no home, she's been abused and victimized by her husband, and then re-victimized by the state of Utah and Utah County. I would like to welcome and introduce our guest, Nicole Van Tassel Henderson. <laughs> Thank you, Doris. It's an honor to be with you. It's great to have you here. You've got a story to tell, a story that so many of our viewers may be shocked at, but at the same time, it's reality and it needs to be told. And it I'm does. glad that you've got the courage to come and tell Thank the story you to for our this viewers. opportunity. So we're going to we're going to do this in two segments, and the first segment I want to just kind of lay the foundation of your life. What what happened, you know, that brought you to know your husband and how why you married him and so on. And then the second show we'll talk about the abuse, what happened, and and what happens afterwards. So um, you said that you were not raised in polygamy, so you basically knew nothing about it. But you were raised in the LDS Church. Yes, I was. So. Being raised in the LDS Church, you were mentally and spiritually taught to follow the prophet yep. and, uh, and a restoration that Joseph Smith was a true prophet of God. What was the difference between being raised in that LDS mentality and then going into the polygamy group so in mentality? The, in the LDS Church, it's follow the living prophet because we have revelation that's given to us at a certain time with the... AUB and a lot of the fundamentalists, it's, no, Joseph Smith restored the fullness, and we keep alive what was fully restored with no changes. So they don't, they don't have the changes that the LDS Church frequently right. has. But does the current prophet in your group, in the AUB, I should say, do they have continuing revelation, new revelation? Not that I'm aware of, and I have been gone for since July of 2016. Mm -hmm. So you would um, know if they had had new. I do know that um, with the AUB, they have, when Mark Shirtliff, the oldest state attorney general, and they were doing the crackdown on um, underage marriages, and Owen Allred came forth and said, you know, we will not have any brides under 18 be mm -hmm. married. Trying to that. Trying to make it, okay with the state. Yeah, in fact, I remember that he he uh, promised Mark Shirtliff that he would even help facilitate right. any charges or anything uh, against other groups or their own if they had them. And over Which the pulpit interesting. said, if there's abuse going on, please go to the uh, rightful lawyer. Uh, mm -hmm. but 
but there Rifle, was abuse going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so and so that was just empty empty promises. So I think or, it was more to satisfy the state of Utah, kind of like the manifesto, where everyone has this dirty little secret of mm -hmm. sexual abuse and underage marriages and first cousins going over state line to mm -hmm, marry first mm -hmm, cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they say go to, you know, the law, the law, if you know about, you know, domestic violence, child abuse, welfare fraud or whatever, you as a woman are so discredited and mm -hmm. then shunned. Absolutely. That, and, and then your whole um, integrity is just smeared. It is. It is. And, and, and that was during the time, too, when the FLDS was starting yes. to be brought out, some of the things they were doing, and the Kingston group also. As So the AUB was sitting there all nice and prim and perfect, and they didn't do anything <laughs> wrong, you know, while these two polygamy groups were, were really getting um, investigated. Um, was it was it difficult for you to adjust your thinking from being uh, raised LDS into the polygamy group? Did you find any difficulty doing that? My story is unique where I was raised LDS and from a very prominent, um, my heritage is very prominent in the LDS church. And when I met my husband, I was 15 and mm -hmm. he was 22. So I was a child and right. immediately and I didn't see this till I left, the isolation started where I couldn't go to school events or church events mm -hmm. or even my high school graduation party. After mm -hmm. graduating from high school, I couldn't attend that. And then he started saying, well, your family hates me, which they're trying to control us, mm -hmm. which now that I've left and I've been gone, I see that that's how polygamy works, is yes, the isolation. Yes, control the isolation. And they get you into a place where they try to break your spirit. Mm -hmm. The conformity, they need yes. you to conform to. And submit. To that, and absolute submission, absolutely, yes. Um, so you were 15 and he was 22. Let's talk a little bit about him. Give us a little background about who he was. Where he, he was a from. returned missionary from the LDS Church is what I, and what he told me. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, he had been living a double life, been involved with the AUB plus in the church. Um, so he had dual membership. Yes. So to speak, he was a member yes. of the LDS Church and the AUB. Yes. The LDS Church obviously wouldn't have known that. My parents did get him excommunicated while we were dating mm -hmm. because he had brothers that were practicing polygamists and mm -hmm. he was teaching me about Section 132, grooming me. Right. And, you know, what he would say is, um, if you're going to marry me, you have to have agree to homeschool our children, have a kid a year, live United Order, and give me sister wives. Okay, so, so what did the leader of the AUB think about him holding a dual membership? Well, Rulin Allred is the one that told his mother and father to keep their boys in and to go on missions and then let them come back. And so a lot of them did hold dual memberships. So he they actually he actually condoned it and told them to do that. Yes. Wow. Ruin did. That would upset the LDS church very much if they had known that was going on. <laughs> it was pretty upsetting to me as a young 16, 17 year old daughter of God. Yeah, yeah. To find out that this man I quote unquote loved 
really was just, and I didn't realize that at the time, but now I realized he was using me to get new blood into the group. Which is what he threw into you after yes. you were married, actually. Yes. He used that against you. Yes, the, because the, I was a Gentile and wasn't born of the pure bloodline. he was. He brought you into their, their exclusive yes. kingdom of God. But I had to be sealed to the prophet Lemoyne Jensen mm -hmm. to be accepted. Yeah, right. So when you got married, you were 18, he was 22. He was 24, almost 25. Well, he would have been, yeah, he was 22 when you met him, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so um, the, 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 the polygamy group prophet actually performed the first ceremony. Yes. But because he wasn't legally authorized to perform marriage ceremonies later in LDS Bishop, yeah, so you? Um, I, this is going to make me a little bit emotional because of what it's done to my parents. Um, we are sealed by Owen Allred on June 20th, and then a week later on my parents' own anniversary of 19 years, we had the, he called it the fake marriage, where we got the legal uh, marriage certificate. And he said, we need to do it that day because they're trying to stop our marriage. Mm. And it has crushed my mom and dad to mm. know that I had been married for a week. And then after, not knowing. After the polygamy group prophet married yes. you. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, and we'll probably talk about this <laughs> later too, how... They talk about being family-oriented, but they're really so anti-family in, in some of the practices that they... Well, I can say that I just had a, delivered a wedding invitation from my 18-year-old daughter. I wasn't even listed as the mother that gave birth to her. Is that it's right? the concubine. Oh, my word. Parents of the bride, Kyle and Katie Henderson. So before, you're, before the abuse, which we're going to talk about later... Um, would you say that during those 19 years that your marriage, would you sum it up as being happy, satisfying, miserable, content, uh, too naive to know that you weren't happy? What, how would you summarize your... Because I was so sick having babies so fast and I had multiple health issues, which blood clots, preterm labor, the hyperemesis, feeding tubes, IVs, mm. I was so busy having Did babies. Did you get medical care for Yes, I, I delivered. And my actually my OB doctors told Kyle she can't have children because any more children because it's physically going to kill her. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't all of my babies were preemies. Yeah. And in the newborn ICU, my twins for three months, where I was abandoning seven children, 12 and under at home, going up yeah. to LD mm. and spending an hour or two with well, twins. Well, you know, I'm grateful that you were able to get medical care. Some polygamists are not able to Which is, is sad. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of, I have seen personally in my life, children that could have been saved mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. mm -hmm. would have been okay. Would have been okay. If had they would have had the medical care. Exactly. And that's certainly true. And all of the polygamy groups. So your marriage would not have been any of those. It would have been more like you were just coping to just kind of striving to even stay well, alive. You live to survive. You know, yeah, it's that fight. 
or survive and you know then you get you know seven kids that are 12 and under and you find out you're pregnant again with twins and uh. you know and I, I couldn't homeschool them all I couldn't um, run his business I couldn't take care of the acreage that we had which included animals and gardens and so where stuff. did you live Eagle Mountain okay beautiful property mm-hmm it's amazing yeah how many people uh, how many members are in the AUB polygamy group? You know, you I, know from what I understand from the last uh, conference and stuff that I attended, there's probably about 12,000 mm -hmm. from, you know, Montana down to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And the numbers, they really never give us a number. It yeah. probably is basically probably more than that. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they, we never do, and I don't think we ever will get any the full yeah. numbers of all any of the groups. So your wife, your husband actually did not take another plural wife for 20 years. Yes. Why did he wait so long? Um, you know, I in my heart of hearts, because I, I really thought, well, I'll give him a kid a year, and he'll love me, and not want another wife. And um, then he got made a bishop over a united order, and um, the prophet Lemoyne Jensen came to him and said, you can't be, you know, a bishop in an order when there's plural families because you can't guide them mm -hmm. if you haven't if you're lived not one the principle. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of an arranged marriage where Lemoyne uh, had this girl and him meet, and get married. The marriage was postponed and from November of 2011 to February of 2012 and they... Did, did he want to get married before that? Had yes, he, a wife before he, that? he tried several times. And why didn't it happen? Um, what I was told by a lot of the girls, and, and I don't know how this is in all of the groups, was he would send me out to recruit the wives he would find, you know, a girl or girls that had been widowed and say, go and befriend them and, and bring them back. And a lot of the girls would say, we'd love to be your sister wife, but we don't want to be married to him. Whoa. He put, he had that good of a reputation, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> so when he took a plural wife, it was because he was bishop, and, and he had to conform to the polygamy, and, and, and you can understand that. If you're yes. going to be over polygamous, you need to be a polygamist kind of thing. I understand that. But w was it with your full consent? Now, I'm moving into the law of Sarah here. W did that apply, or was that any part of your consent for him taking another wife? You know, I think... In the back of your mind when you're 15 and 16 and 17 and they're saying well to have me you have to give me other wives you know as a young girl i i just couldn't imagine that well, you don't get it you don't that, yeah. i was a child yeah. but i knew when he started courting this concubine and all of a sudden i was in the hospital getting a gallbladder out and the only thing he was doing was texting on his phone 18 hours a day with this girl, woman, because she, she, she was older, mm -hmm. in her 30s. Mm -hmm. um, and I just reached over and said, will you come sit by me? And I went to reach and touch him, and he recoiled back. Mm. 
And my mom was there and it broke my mom's heart mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. see that he was so involved in trying to love this other woman. And because it was our 20th year anniversary in June, you know, and when we got married, he didn't believe in receptions. He didn't want honeymoons. But when he married this new girl, two receptions and a eight, nine day honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. The favoritism comes in, doesn't it? So it's, well, it's all between all used up and fresh meat. Right, right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, back to the law of Sarah, does the AUB follow the law of Sarah? Or Very do they, much. Do they give homage to it, even though they don't practice? No, you, you practice the law of Sarah. Okay. I had to be there to put her hand in his. Okay, but that's not what the law of Sarah is. No, but that's how but they that's present it. that's the way it. they do, yeah. And, and, of course, putting your hand in it, a lot of the polygamy groups have adopted them doing that. Yes. But if you don't agree, and, and for our viewers, perhaps, who uh, you know may not understand what we're talking about, Section 132 of the Mormon Doctrine and Covenants, Joseph Smith wrote the, the polygamy doctrine in that Section 132, and he said that the man had the right to take other wives, as long as they were virgins, and... <laughs> that the woman, the first wife, had to give her consent before he could do that. So therefore he had to ask her, but if she didn't give her consent, then he was free to take the other wife anyway, and the first wife would be punished um, because she didn't give her her consent, and, and she's the sinner, not him, for That's taking true. the wife. Very true. So it's a cash 22. The, uh, the you, first wife can't win. You can't. And what, what plural marriage does is it makes men not be able to be responsible to have a relationship as a man and woman couple mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the competition goes from, you know, let's deal with this problem to, oh, you know what, you did something wrong, I'm going to go to this other right. woman right. that mm -hmm. will love me. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, used as a they punishment. They play one against the other. Yes, and, and it's that's, a competition. Right, it is. Um, so, a few weeks ago, we did a show um, about the nude temple rituals of the AUB, with the group that you're from. Were you involved in any of those nude temple rituals? I don't know about the new ones. I went through Not in, new, nude. Oh, nude. Oh. <laughs> All that. <laughs> um, when I t went through and took my endowments out, it was uh, 1997. And we did have the sheet, and you were nude mm -hmm. under the sheet, mm -hmm. and you were touched and right. anointed. Right, and that's that's what we. So, what did you think of that when that happened? And th that would that happen during your marriage ceremony? Uh, yeah, before? well, because I had been, I had not got my endowments before I got married. Mm -hmm. We went through later on because I was a Gentile, right. and so you were new to all this. What did you think of that? You know. Because I was raised LDS and I knew from my parents about how strongly um, temple ordinances and covenants were, I did believe in them. I didn't have any idea that about what, what happens. And, and, and the nudity part is not actually the scary part. It's the signs and tokens of how you're going to yeah. disembowel and cut your throat if you break any of those. And the AUB still does that, yes. although the Mormon temple has, has, has re removed yes. that. The AUB still does, because they're still basic Orthodox Mormonism. 
Um, one lady who told me about these rituals said that they had a separate ritual that pregnant women went yes. through. A mother's and, blessing. Right. And, and then it was basically the same thing. You'd be nude under yes. the sheet. They'd touch your areas and bless you and all that. Did you go through that to oh, yourself? Oh, no. <laughs> you didn't do that? No, I did not. <laughs> After the first one, that was it enough. Was enough. <laughs> well, and I also, I have enough faith that if I had a child and going through just my medical history, that I didn't want any other woman touching me mm-hmm. <laughs> either. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I understand what yeah. you're saying. I, I mean, I was I'd... naked enough having 15 <laughs> kids in 19 years <laughs> that I didn't need to be any more naked. I understand. Well, th- so there was no um, pressure to go through that as um, a pregnant mother. Actually, that pressure started after he married the second wife when I was pregnant with the 15th child. Mm, and the mother's blessing yeah. pressure came, okay. and I kept saying no. So did you get along with your sister wife? <laughs> um, did no. she live in the same home that you lived we in? We lived in the same property. She lived in an apartment that was kind of across the street from the parking lot between her, the, the main home, and then he had a shop, and up above it he had an <laughs> apartment. And that's where so she, she lived, lived on the same property, but not in the same house because I had thirteen children. Well, that's good. That's and um, but she came in very controlling, trying to rearrange how we had been raising our children. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the first memories I have of her was her. I'm a chef. I did put, go through culinary school and graduate from uh-huh. culinary school okay. after I left. And I remember her trying to come in and rearrange my kitchen. And I was thinking, get out of my kitchen. That's sacred ground. (laughs) She kind of had to make a point for herself. And and, and then then taking her viewpoint of it, you know, she's, uh, of course, I don't know her viewpoint, but I do know what second wives and third wives, they also feel like they have to make a place for themselves. And they all have different ways of doing it. And it can be very obtrusive um, and sometimes it's disrupting to a whole family um, situation that has been established for 20 years. Did your husband play you one against the other much? All the time. All the time. All the time. Did he um, become abusive later on in the marriage or was he at the beginning? Was he abusive to her? Um, I can't speak for her, but with me, the abuse started within the first couple weeks we were married. Oh, is that right? That yes. soon? Wow. It, it meant he went from Prince Charming to we got to get another wife. And I had left my family and everything to be with him. And he had, he. you said that he kept throwing it against you that... that um, you were Gentile and all that. He and he also used something I guess you called new blood. Yeah, well, uh, holy blood, the the holy bloodline, because um, the new wife was from the Jessup bloodline, which is a holy bloodline because of Joseph Lyman Jessup was his, her grandfather. A good polygamous name. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and I was from an outside group, hmm. which interestingly enough, he was not. A holy bloodline from inside the group, either. But he was a man. <laughs> but he was a man. <laughs> that's, 
that made it up. So he would throw things like that into you, you know, that letting you know that you were not as good, as, yes. as elevated in status as he or his other wife yes. was because of the name. Because of the name. Because of the name. Um, and so he called you a Gentile during the whole marriage, another thing that you said he threw against you. Actually, in the Gentile first came up as the first New Year's ball he took me to. And he said, don't wear a lot of makeup. Don't, you know, you need to fit in because you're a Gentile. And I came out of the bathroom and he said, I mean, insultingly, De devastating to my little 17-year-old heart. Well, a little makeup's okay, and you should put a little bit on. Um, I want to bring up the topic of isolation, which we briefly talked about before. Um, one lady from the FLDS that I spoke with a few years ago told me that she believes that isolation brings or breeds dictatorship. I agree and with that that's statement. that's one reason, just one of the many reasons that they do that. Did he have a dictatorship rule over you? Did the prophet of the group have dictatorship rule over the families? You know, I know with my husband it was, he was judge, jury, all of it and and you had to submit to and him, I have to submit to him everything. and if I didn't then I was punished yeah what kind of punishment um there was a lot of things that happened um a lot of times my whole family would rearrange schedules so that we could be there with our children because my mom and dad and my sisters I'm the oldest of five girls wanted to get to know their nieces and nephews and we'd set up and arrange everything around him mm -hmm. and then at the last second he'd switch it and hmm. and so there was you know 50 other people that had to um rearrange plans and stuff and he had the power to. and he had the power it. to do it because i wasn't strong enough to say you know what it's fine if you don't go i'll just take the kids and go yeah yeah well we're running low on time here for this first but we're going to be doing part two as well when we'll get into more of the dynamics of your marriage but at closing i want to ask you a question um we've heard this many many times from being from polygamy groups and maybe other people have heard it too what is your response to this comment made by many people it's better to have part of a good man than all of a bad man i'd say it's just better to have a good man <laughs> than any part of a bad man and which, which is now that's a saying that polygamous wives will that's use to, justify, to justify their polygamy and it, it is used to justify your feelings because it is taught feelings don't matter only ordinances and covenants so if you had bad feelings it's your problem you have bad feelings mm -hmm. and so um being by by for being a polygamous wife so being a polygamous wife and having these feelings is is better because he's a good man than to live in a <laughs> monogamous marriage because all monogamous marriages are bad men right nope. isn't that kind of the attitude that that statement is trying to tell you which is a brainwash yeah yeah like there's no good men out there if they're if you're not in polygamy. And I can tell you, my grandfathers and my father are some of the best men I have ever known to walk this earth. 
and they they were not the model that you ended up having as a husband. I mean, he was the, your no. husband wasn't the model that your grandparents, father and grandparents. Well, this is the end. We're out of time for part one, and we are going to do part two and talk about Nicole's story as she talks about the abuse, uh, complete with pictures of some of the bruises that she received and how the court system failed to protect her and uh, and actually helped him. So we'll see you next time on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.